This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. On this episode, we have Robbie Ganguly, CEO and co-founder of AppTentive. Robbie, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thanks. Nice to meet you and talk to you. All right. Great. So first of all, let's set the stage. So we all have a smartphone sitting on a table, in your pocket, uh, your purse, on a coffee table, whatever. And there are lots of apps on each of those smartphones. So if you multiply these numbers, you're getting so much app copies out there. And that great number of app users implies that every app developer has lots of users and he has to deal with his uh, audience. So with that number of users, the notion of communication with app users becomes paramount. So today we're going to be talking about communication with app users, the challenges, misconceptions, etc. So before doing that, Robbie, please tell the audience just a little bit about yourself, your background. Sure. So I grew up in a town called Redmond, Washington, which is outside of Seattle. And back when I grew up, it was it was not known for what it is known today, which is uh, being the home of Microsoft. It was known for being sort of a small farm town, but I grew up around technology and computers, and then went to college in Southern California, a school called Pomona College. And after I graduated, I worked in San Francisco for Deutsche Bank, Alex Brown for a few years in finance, and then for WebEx in the early days of that company, and then for Yahoo uh, until about 2008. And in 2008, I left to basically pursue starting a company and eventually ended up starting up Tenev in 2011 with three other people. How's your experience in Yahoo? And do you have any thoughts about what happened to the company now? <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing a little bit because people often have sort of preconceptions about how us who worked at Yahoo think about it. Yahoo was fantastic when we were there. Like being there from 2005 to 2008 was really great. We had an opportunity to learn and do a lot on the advertising side, both from search and display in the early days of video. So I got to learn a lot. And you know, as a company, I think we're all probably sadder, those of us who work there, to see what's happened. That It doesn't have necessarily the investment and the innovation around it that it should. But I was glad to be there and met a lot of longtime colleagues and friends. Oh, yeah. It was a great company back in the day. I used to have mail there. I used to use this directory a lot. So no, that was... Yahoo was huge. No doubt about it. So now tell me about AppTentive, the company, your CEO and co-founder right now. What does it do? Yeah. So we've been around almost nine years now. And what we are really fantastic at, and I think is pertinent to this, is we are really good at helping large companies with apps that are distributed all around the world, reach out to their customers and hear from them and ask for feedback and learn about their experience and measure it so that they can make the app experience, but also the customer experience better. And you know what we started out as was an SDK that people installed in their iOS app. And then shortly thereafter, we introduced an SDK for Android. Uh, but what we've morphed into now is really a company that helps the world's largest brands 
measure the experience of their customers across the entire journey that they have, whether it's in their app or the website or other digital touch points. And really with a focus on helping companies reach out and listen to. So thinking about Mm -hmm. surveys, thinking about open-ended feedback and uh, chats with customers, we help companies start those conversations and hear from you know, sometimes 15, 20, 30% of their customers every month. All right. So you guys are being really focused on the huge duopoly, Google and Apple. What about Microsoft? Ever had a thought about uh, creating SDK for uh, Windows phone? You know, we did. In fact, one of my co-founders was early days, a PM on Windows mobile. So we always had an affinity for that and paid attention. But we talked to Microsoft, we talked to Nokia and spent a lot of time just trying to understand if that market was growing and it never took off. And, you know, our focus is really helping companies that are trying to connect with their customers, you know, at scale do that. And uh, nobody really got to scale on Windows Phone. Oh, yeah, that's the story. So speaking of scale, can you tell me about three top things that comes to your mind to recommend to help understand and communicate with app users? like the essentials of uh, app communication? Sure. I'll start with one essential that I think everybody could use and hold in their head, which is communication, real communication and relationship building is two-way. And so Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times what people think about is communication to the people using their app, to their customers. And so then they uh, really focus on, can I set up push notifications? Can I set up text messaging? Can I get their email address so I can send them messages? And that's only one side of communication. So you know, my first piece of advice is realize that uh, the best communication is two-way. The way to make your customers feel important is to listen to them just as much as you talk to them. And if uh, all of your communication strategies are just about how you talk to people, um, you're missing a really, really big opportunity. So that's number one. Number two is really when you're thinking about how to communicate and listen to and learn from customers, you've got to be very focused on the right time and right place and even the right information about the customer's journey. So what I mean by that is if I walk into a store and it's my first Mm -hmm. time into a store and somebody was to stop me and say, hey, how's your experience? You'd be really annoyed. You'd think that was dumb. But a lot of times when you open up an app, the first time you use it, they're like, hey, How's the experience? What's going on? Uh, And so that's just as dumb, if not dumber than in the real world. So the second piece of advice is get very targeted around where you're going to ask questions, when you're going to give your customers an opportunity to tell you about an experience and try to listen very distinctly and and specifically such that if somebody has just used a new feature you launched after they've used it, finished it, that might be the time to ask about that feature, not two weeks later over email. So that's the second piece. Of advice. And then I think the third I would say is that if you are going to truly try and communicate and invest in listening to customers, not just talking at them, uh, your team has to be oriented around being able to act on it, right? So if your product team does not listen to anything that comes from your customers and never prioritizes around that, you're not acting on it. If your marketing team isn't taking the information about what customers say about you, and turning that into language for their the ads that they run against the app store or even the descriptions they have in the app store, or they're not using that to understand that the in-store pickup experience is really driving a lot of volume and you should be talking about that more. If they're not utilizing that information and acting on it, they're missing out. And so you have to act. So those are my three pieces of advice. All right. So, uh, and your answers are actually giving me a good segue to my next question. So 
what mistakes have developers do when it comes to interaction with app users? Perhaps you have uh, some kind of case study to use for your answer, just uh, from your previous experience from the, your customer's portfolio. Any example? So you're saying what's a case study of, of an example where people weren't doing a good job? Yeah, yeah. What were the mistakes without any names, just you know, conceptually? What was wrong? Sure. I'll give you two. So the first is a large online marketplace that has tens of millions of people using their apps and even more people using their website on a regular basis. And this online marketplace was really focused on trying to get their app store rating up. And in general, getting a a better app store rating is good for a bunch of reasons. It helps you with rankings. It helps you with conversion. It continues to keep your app store page sort of fresh. Those things are good, but this online marketplace was so focused on driving those ratings that they were on a regular basis asking their customers um, opinion about the app or the website uh, more than once a month. And they're doing it and they're getting a lot of ratings, but within about three months, they were fatiguing some of their customers. And we could tell, mm-hmm. we could tell that they're fatiguing their customers because we could see that the response rates to the interactions that they had, the survey questions that they were asking and the prompts they were sending to people were going down. And so what we worked with them on was a comparison of their response rates and their volumes to other people in their category of a similar size and in a similar kind of marketplace space and help them to understand that they could be getting similar volumes of ratings, but which with much fewer frequency of talking to certain customers and actually bifurcate the audience instead of just talking to customers, get them to um, rate them. They're also talking to customers then to learn about features and, and through uh, another six months, their response rate started to climb and then the fatigue declined, right? So more customers were actually taking actions when they asked them to. So that's one uh, really large online marketplace. A second is sort of when we think about the sophistication of, of listening to your customers. And one of the things that we're really good at at Uptenive is, is helping you listen to a customer multiple times and hopefully on a regular basis throughout their entire relationship with you. So if, if you've been a customer of like a large coffee chain where you have their app and you buy drinks through it, you've probably seen something that we, we built uh, asking you if you love the app or I love the experience, but you've probably seen that multiple times and we help the company understand that over time. So what that means by tracking that data over time is that we can help personalize other pieces of the communication. So the second kind of case study around this is we have uh, a customer who's a large retailer and they have uh, really loyal customers who probably every three to five days open up the app looking for new deals to buy. And those people are so active that you don't really need to get them to talk to you, to open up the app. You don't have to send push notifications to remind them of stuff. Mm-hmm. And what we had found was of the most active people, there was a whole segment, about 10%, that were really big brand ambassadors. We identified mm-hmm. that through some of the surveys that we run. And so what this retailer did is they took all those people who, who fit into the biggest evangelist and heaviest users, and they actually opted them out of all push notifications, every single one. And they saw response rates for push notifications go up because the most loyal customers were going to come anyway. And they were actually some of the people who were ignoring push notifications more often than not. And that was pretty counterintuitive. And it was the result of some of the data that we were able to collect and then work with uh, their push notification providers to execute against. All right, cool. So uh, how do you define the right moment for a push notification, let's say for 
I don't know, the app that would be kind of a, you know, Starbucks experience. Do you, using just a common sense or uh, conducting a survey or both, like what's the process? Yeah, so the push notification is a very interesting conversation. We're not experts in push. A small piece of our product enables push, but we do partner with a lot of people who do push at scale. So, you know, I don't have as much advice about push as I do about in-app experience, right? What we mostly deliver are in-app surveys and notes and messages to customers and actions that they can take. So inside the app, what we've learned is there are two rules. Look for a moment of success or look for a moment of completion. So what does that mean? It means that if you are taking a journey as a customer through a flow and you finally complete it, now you're open to something else. You're open to another step in the journey, a question, a prompt, some sort of conversation. But if I'm in the middle of it, if I haven't yet completed my task, that's the worst, right? So that's really an easy way to think about it. And the second is to think about your app as a series of wins. Like sometimes you really like feel successful, you accomplish something. But it's not just a task. It's like, oh, it's a happy moment. So for example, like a, a Starbucks, a happy moment is that moment when you've ordered the drink, it's finished and you know it's on its way and you're mm-hmm. ready for it. Like That's a happy moment. And you're just kind of chilling out. You're waiting. You're not completely done because you don't have your drink, but that's a happy moment. So that's a good time to also ask people when they've, they've got those moments of success. Gotcha. Okay. So now I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Okay. iOS or Android? And what's Android. Android? You are Android. Um, yeah. I've been living with an Android device since the first year of the company because somebody had to live on it day to day. And I was the, I was the one who took that. All right. Let's see. What was your first mobile phone pre-smartphone era? Yeah, it was, um, oh, I totally do. It was, um, Back in 2000, Motorola made these flip phones, the StarTax, and they had oh, a day yeah. glow. Yeah, they had a day glow version of this that was gray with like a, a day glow screen. And it was beautiful. You could hear calls super clearly, and the battery lasted like three days. And it was awesome. Yeah, three days battery. One would hope these days. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite app and why? Yeah, you know, I saw this question beforehand, and I was really struggling to think about this. I've got to say that I think that it's OneNote. I like to take notes a lot and I've got OneNote across all of my devices and it probably doesn't surprise you to hear that I have three different laptops, two tablets and a phone. So I have a a lot of devices, but OneNote keeps me synced across all of it. So I can be on the bus, I can be on the plane, I can be anywhere, just jot stuff down on my phone or I can be on my uh, laptop sitting and cranking and go there and access it. So that's, that's the one that makes me happiest. I see. I'm totally with you. I'm living with my native app for iOS. Now it's pretty much the same way. Yeah. I really see what you mean. Okay. Kind of an interesting question. If you can answer, what is the most overrated app? Like what is the app you can hear the most hype about? But to be honest, it doesn't deserve that hype. <laughs> oh man. That's a this Game, one, utility, anything. I actually think that um, Facebook app over the years has gotten more bloated and gross and annoying and notification heavy. And so I've uninstalled it and I think it's, it's just too much. And I think it's exacerbating the problems that the company has. Oh yeah. yeah that's the, I, I've stopped using Facebook app, you know, for the most part, like occasionally going there just to see what my relatives do, but you know, very rarely. So, all right. What are new tap app technologies you're most excited about these days? Well, I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going on in terms of 
as we change the login to our devices. So just a couple of years ago, we started to get fingerprint readers and now we have these uh, facial recognitions. I think as we get more and more sophisticated about the inputs, whether it's a fingerprint or it's your voice or it's your face and how that can trigger activities on the phone that sort of respond to you, uh, I see that being more and more interesting as an area for development. So imagine like facial recognition isn't just used to unlock, but it can tell that your mood is like, okay, you need to get um, directions really quickly to this place because it's time for you to get home and you're frustrated, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what are we going to be able to do and predict around human behavior now that the sensors on these devices are, are much more interspersed in the real world? Right, I see. Okay, that was the questions I wanted to ask. But before I let you go, how people can get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Yeah. So our company, Apptentive, is located at www.apptentive.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, same handle, Apptentive. I, myself, Roby Ganguly, I'm also on Twitter at rganguly. And I think those are probably the easiest ways to get a hold of us. But there are other channels that the company's on as well, kind of like Instagram and Facebook and others. All right. Awesome. Thanks for your time. And thanks for coming to our podcast, Robbie. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was Robbie Ganguly, CEO and co-founder of Apptentive. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you will be able to get new episodes for your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment in iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Till the next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.